welcome back to Bad Movie Sunday. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. And I'm Julia. Welcome back, Julia. Thanks! It's been about a year-ish since we did the first movie of this, uh, Avengers Grimm, no colon. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just Avengers Grimm. Um, and we're back again to do the second, I was gonna say episode, second simulation. <laughs> Avengers Grimm. Time Wars. <laughs> this has a lot of titles. Um, Avengers Grimm 2, Avengers Grimm Time Wars. But, so, like, no colons in there. Usually we're, like, Avengers Grimm, colon, 2, colon, Time Wars. <laughs> it's, like, one title, <laughs> which is, like, weird to me. If you're new to this podcast, hello, welcome. We already mentioned our names, but we're a podcast that watches bad movies, so you don't have to. We talk about them, we roast them. We toast them. And we have a lot of fun. And we hope you have fun, too. And also, if you're listening to this episode, you might want to go back and listen to our first Avengers Grimm episode. But really, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's kind of a different storyline. It is it is a continuation of the last one, but I feel like if you watch this one by itself, you'll still like not understand it on the same level <laughs> as if you would have watched the first one. I feel like you could easily go into this blind, and honestly, we kind of did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of forgot a lot of things that happened in the first movie, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because in, you know, the way we're putting these out, it's been a year since we've released the last one but in reality it's been like two weeks since we've recorded the last one and I have no idea what happened in the first Avengers Grimm movie no idea what happened in this movie <laughs> yeah I feel like you'll be less confused watching this one than the last one that's my toast good night everyone <laughs> <laughs> the toast is uh we kind of understand it but not like a hundred percent or even like eighty <laughs> percent. And if you don't want to go back and either watch the first movie or listen to our episode about the first movie, honestly the plot's kind of the same. It's basically Snow White and her crew of princesses gotta stop Rumpelstiltskin from taking over the world. That's the first movie. And that's also this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the literally, <laughs> the IMDb summaries are pretty much the same. It's like, you know when you write an essay, and then your intro and your conclusion are, like, basically the same, except you go on thesaurus.com and you, like, kind of finesse it a little bit? Oh, yeah. That's what this is to the first <laughs> movie. <laughs> that is, the, like, that's a perfect way to describe it, because that is so true. So the summary for the first one is... Rumpelstiltskin escapes to the modern world where he aspires to be an unrivaled ruler. However, four princesses follow him there and strive to defeat him and his evil army. The summary for this movie is when Rumpelstiltskin tries to take over Earth once and for all, which is like not true because he tried to do that in the last movie, the Avengers Grimm must track him down through time in order to defeat him. Mm-hmm. It's like that, those, like, spot the difference pictures. <laughs> so if you saw the title of this and was like, oh, a new Avengers movie, just right up my alley, I love superhero movies. I'm sorry to say, this is not an actual Avengers movie. <laughs> um, what a weird timeline for the MCU. We have uh, the Avengers, we have Age of Ultron, we have Avengers Grimm, Avengers Time Grimm, and then Infinity War Endgame. And actually, the first movie, I believe, if I remember from 
our last episode about the first Avengers Grimm um, is that it was made around the same time as Age of Ultron to like capitalize off of people that meant to see that but instead clicked on this. Yeah, but that movie was supposed to be like based on it, but it came out a couple days earlier than Age of Ultron. But the thing about this movie is that this is supposed to be based on Infinity War and Once Upon a Time. Um, but mm. it came out the same year as Infinity War, but it was released on May 1st. But yeah. then Infinity War was released April 27th. So they had four days of knowing <laughs> what actually happened oh, God. Um, before they released their own version. Bruh, how did they, like, predict the, the time travel? I don't know. Is that Infinity, Infinity War, War or Endgame? They did Endgame before Endgame. <laughs> Infinity War, there was no time travel. This was a year before Endgame would come out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> These guys Endgame did it first. Do you think the Russo brothers were like sitting at home watching Netflix and then they stumbled upon this movie and they're like, guys, brilliant. Time <laughs> listen <travel>. to this. <laughs> I was I was excited for this movie. Y'all know I love, I'm a sucker for time travel. I love it. So I was excited because I knew I was just going to love this movie. Also, Julia, you're a big fan of the Ruby series, right? Oh, yeah. Which is kind of like taking these fairy tale characters and sort of modernizing them. Yeah, like making them, I mean, making them Avengers. Damn. <laughs> so connections. Honestly, yeah, basically. <laughs> I can tell you this, uh, Ruby is way better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of things are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure almost everything is. <laughs> To be fair, like I mentioned, I love time travel. I did like this one better than the first one. Me too. Not by much. Yeah. <laughs> Not by <Yeah>. much. <laughs> uh, before we get too much into the movie, you know, if you want to go back and watch the movie, we have a drinking game that you can drink along to. Or if you don't want to, we'll try to yell out drink whenever these things happen. And I found a special drink for us that kind of fits the the theme of the movie. Because in the first Avengers Grimm episode, we had the royal bitch. <laughs> that was the <laughs> drink. So now we have the royal fizz. And uh, not gonna lie, it sounds a little gross, but it's got the word royal in it. <laughs> so that's all you need. That's all you need. Uh, you also need an ounce of gin... Two ounces sweet and sour mix, one egg, and some <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, sorry go back. <laughs> like, one ingredient. What was that? Um, oh, so we have some gin. Uh-huh. Uh, some sweet and sour. Okay, got that. Uh, we have some Coca-Cola. <laughs> Makes um, sense. An egg. Is, is that the one? <laughs> oh, yeah, that might have been the one. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> oh my god. What you gotta do is shake all the ingredients except the Coke, uh, with ice, and then you strain into a chilled Collins glass, fill with Coke, and serve, and that's your royal fizz. Well, if yeah. you wanna have that, go right ahead, man. There reminds me of this one shot, I can't remember what it's called, but like, you take a shot, I think of Bailey's cream, and then, I can't remember what the, you take the other shot of, but it's supposed to like, curdle in your mouth. And then you're supposed to swallow it. Oh, I God. can't remember what shot that is, but I think it's Bailey's cream is the base, and then like you know another alcohol that is like the the acid. And then I think 
people are getting too creative. <laughs> to reel it back a little. I don't want anything curdling in my mouth. Like, ugh. <laughs> no thank you. But like, if we tell people to stop being creative, how the hell are we going to get movies like this? Fair Speak point. Creativity. That, that is true. Uh, there's always a downside to creativity. <laughs> so, to go along with that delicious <laughs> sounding drink, we have a couple of drinking points uh, that, as Amy said, you can... Drinking game points? <laughs> Sorry, it was just funny how you said it. Like, you get ten points if you drink that disgusting egg drink. <laughs> ten points to Gryffindor. I bet Gryffindors would drink a fucking raw egg and coke drink. Excuse no, me, yeah. I would never drink that. <laughs> so, the first point that I have is every time... They use the, this, like, blue magic transition <laughs> to go between scenes. Ooh, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, oh I my god, it's, like, every scene. <laughs> I think it's, like, the art major in you. <laughs> oh my god. Is it, what is it, like, a PowerPoint transition, or, like... <laughs> Literally the transition between every... They didn't use any other transitions except for this one. It's, like, you know when you first get, like, Premiere or Movie Maker, and they have, like, those default transitions... And one of them's like the magic transition. You're like, wow, what special effects? <laughs> that was the transition. The transitions were giving me like CSI, which one? I think it's CSI New York vibes, where like they're like in one place, like at the murder scene, and then they're back in the lab, but then it shows like clips of like everywhere else before oh, they true. show clips. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got those vibes too. Uh, that Okay, that brings me to my first drinking game point, which is whenever there's a transition shot of the exterior of the building that they're always in, it's like the same building. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's true! Like, every transition is like they're back in the- like, we know where the building is, you don't have to show us every time. <laughs> that's funny, I didn't notice that. Julia, do you have any points? Uh, I have every time Snow says Megda really aggressively. <laughs> Because okay. I don't know if you noticed, she would have a normal conversation like, oh, I love Prince Charming, if only it wasn't for Magda. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> that's really true. Normally, and then also she just like aggressively say her name. And I'm like, you don't need to do this. My next point is every time someone goes through a portal. Ooh, that's, that's a, good a good one. one. I have uh, every time there's a fight scene. Nice. That's a lot. My next one, uh, similar to my first one. Which is every time uh, Snow says Prince Charming's name all dreamily. Again, mm -hmm. should have a normal conversation. Like, I hate Magda. If only she wasn't in love with Prince Charming. I'm like, <laughs> this lady has a problem. <laughs> Did you guys ever... <laughs> Sorry, it's like little tangent. There was like this traveling play group that used to come to all the elementary schools. And they would like get people from the audience, which was, like, my worst nightmare, by the way, <laughs> um, to, like, participate. And, like, they were like, oh, you in the front, you're going to play the princess, and you, you're going to play the dragon. And then all the audience members still got to participate, though, because they're, like, they, like, tell the story through narration. And they're like, oh, every time we say, like, the bad guy, you guys got to boo. <laughs> you know? Oh, I do remember that, yeah. I, I don't remember all. this at all. Oh, they came to, like, our elementary school. Actually, we went to different elementary schools, but they came to mine. 
Um, yeah, they went to mine too. Okay. They came like every couple months. They did like a whole bunch of different like little plays. But that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> like every time we say Magda, you have to say it like super mean. Magda. <laughs> <laughs> I also have every time it appears that Rumpelstiltskin switches sides, like oh from God. good to bad. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I had no idea, like, where his alliance was. Mans is all over the place. <laughs> he gave me, like, Loki vibes. Yeah, he did. Just how his manipulation was and how it worked. Like, he was pretending to be on everyone's side, but really he was on his own side and he didn't give a shit about you. Yeah. Sure. I'm like, damn, this man's Loki, basically. <laughs> yeah, fits Which... the Avengers theme. Also um... very different from his character in the first movie, which we'll talk about. I have every time someone talks to themselves to tell the audience what's going on. Oh my god, <laughs> this pissed me off so much. They'll be like walking through the forest and like, oh, now I have to find Sleeping Beauty so we can do this and this and this. And I'm like, like, I kind of knew that. <laughs> yeah, like, I think the one that pissed me off the most was, I think it was Snow White. And she, like, was like, oh, someone carved this tree. It looks fresh. They must be near. And I'm like, you would never say this out loud to yourself. Like, you can literally show snow. You can show the carving on the tree. And that's it. You don't need someone to say anything. People are smart. They'll figure it out. True. Honestly, I have no idea if this is supposed to be, like, a kid's movie or, like, just, like, a general audience. Like, I don't know who they're trying to... Because if it was, like super, you know, directed at kids, then I understand that, oh, we need to tell the audience what's going on because the plot is kind of confusing for a kid's movie. But also, at the same time, in the first movie, they said bitch like 20 times. So I'm not <laughs> sure like what yeah. the audience is supposed to be. However, they didn't swear at all in this movie. Yeah, that makes it like even oh, more confusing. confusing. My last point is every time Magdalena the bad guy of this movie uses her trident. Nice. Very nice. I put down every time someone explains how the ring works, because they explained it ah. like four times, and I'm <laughs> like, you don't need to explain this to the audience. Like, we know. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I have um another one is like every time Magna just dramatically yells no. Because <laughs> that happened like almost every scene she was in, like either it started or ended or just somewhere in it, she was just yelling no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is the last chance that you guys have to leave and come back if you plan on watching this movie. Because right now we're going to get into spoilery territory. We're going to be breaking down the movie scene by scene. So just a fair warning, but I personally wouldn't really bother. <laughs> yeah, like honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so... This movie does actually start off with a kind of recap of the first movie, but not really. <laughs> they had, like, this really cool, awesome intro. And I was like, this is promising. This intro is amazing. It looks stunning. And I was so excited. And then I was instantly disappointed by the actual movie. <laughs> like, the intro had dragons. I was, yeah. And they looked good. Like, they didn't look like shitty dragons. They had actually good dragons. And I was watching the movie, and I'm like, okay, where are these dragons? I'm excited. There just wasn't any. Why would you make these really awesome-looking CGI dragons and then just not use them in the film? They're just, like, teasing us. Like, we could have had dragons, but we didn't. 
yeah. we'll show you what we're gonna do. And what they did do was, like, not as good. <laughs> Maybe start... they're saving it for Avengers Grimm 3, colon, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Ooh, very interesting. Dude, I'd watch it. I, I love Fast and Furious. <laughs> but, like, yeah, they also had vampires in the intro. The makeup looked good on them. But then, I don't know what happened. I was just very sad. Do you think maybe they searched on Google for, like, stock video of fantasy stuff for their intro? You know, and that's that, why it looked good? Maybe. That makes sense, because it looked better than the rest of the movie, so. <laughs> yeah. Also in the intro, they mentioned a multiverse. And I was like, this is confirmed. The Avengers Grimm multiverse is confirmed. By oh my movie. god. Because they're like, there are so many different grim multiverses. And I'm like, oh my god, I memed about it before, but it's real now. It's real. Do you think that the real Avengers are a universe in the Avengers Grimm multiverse? Like, could there potentially be a crossover? Mm-hmm. Where- For sure. <laughs> <laughs> they showed little portals of all the multiverse, and I swear I saw Captain. Yeah, I saw oh. America's ass. That's fitting because the day we're recording this is his birthday today. Happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday, awesome. Cap! Wherever oh, he is in the multiverse, happy birthday! That, do you think Captain Canuck was born on July first? You know what? This is another pressing question that the audience needs to know. Get on it, Julia. <laughs> I will be so disappointed if he wasn't born three days ago. He needs to live up to Captain America's height, man. We need to have Cap. Honestly, I wish he was named Captain Canadia. <laughs> <laughs> but Captain Canuck is okay too. I don't think I've ever heard anyone like actually say Canuck, like yeah. as a real term. <laughs> Me neither. For the audience who's listening, we're all from Canada. We don't say half the things <laughs> that people think we do. Is Captain Canuck part of a team? What is yeah. he? Like I think eight? He's part of like a group of five or something. It honestly does not say what his birthday is. Three characters have worn the maple leaf costume of Captain <laughs> Canuck. What is his What is his name? Johnny. It's Johnny <laughs> Canuck. It's Johnny name. Canuck. <laughs> no, he's just a Canadian cartoon superhero. Oh my Different God. from Captain Canuck. This article just lied to me. The <laughs> character's name is literally Canuck. He was born to be a Canadian student. Just like like Victor Von Doom. How could he not be a bad guy with that name? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right now. Captain Canuck, there have been three of them. The first is Tom Evans. The second oh, is Darren Oak. And then oh. the third is David Semple. None of those have anything to do with Canada. Tom Evans, a Canadian secret agent who gained superhero strength from contact with extraterrestrials. <laughs> wow. Amazing. It ran Wait. for three issues. <laughs> wow. People really love Captain Canuck, huh? We gotta get him the the spotlight that he deserves. Yes. Please, everybody go out and buy your favorite Captain Canuck issue. Whatever <laughs> of the three it is. The second version of Captain Canuck did a little bit better. He fought a global conspiracy. Oh. And he lasted a total of four issues. Wow! wow. That was more than the original. <laughs> what about the, the last Captain Canuck? Captain Canuck, Unholy War. 
<laughs> That's the third Avengers Grimm, uh, Unholy War. <laughs> he fought an evil biker gang called the Unholy Avengers. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It was also three issues. It's all coming together, man. Wow. But a fourth issue was released a few years later. The Unholy Avengers. I can't. That's too funny. Yo, we gotta bring Captain Canuck back. We gotta bring the whole gang back. The Unholy Avengers versus the Avengers Grimm. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> the crossover of the century. We totally got off topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. All in all, I have no clue when Captain Knuck was born, uh, because it doesn't say. It does say that the issues were released in July. We'll say it is. So back to literally the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got excited. <laughs> uh, we all got excited. <laughs> so we find out that in this movie, one of the protagonists is Alice from Alice in Wonderland, who founded this company called Looking Glass, which I guess is like the shield of the Avengers Grimm universe where they're like the Avengers for fairy tale characters. Except they are the only two people working at their company. (laughs) Alice and the Mad Hatter, which, by the way, he didn't seem like the Mad Hatter to me. He seemed like a normal guy wearing a hat. (laughs) He seemed like the normal boring guy uh, who happened to wear a big hat. Yeah. He also gave me, like, drug dealer vibes, because he was always, like, asking about medication and making, like, <laughs> drugs. He was, you know, at least dealing to Alice a little bit. <laughs> Wasn't Alice in Wonderland literally about drugs? But for okay, children. But... You know, a little watered down. Disney don't care. <laughs> yeah, Alice was basically Nick Fury mixed with Ant-Man. We'll get into the Ant-Man part later, but yeah, she was basically Nick Fury versus Ant-Man. She she didn't give a shit about anybody in that movie, but unlike the first movie, it made sense. Yeah. Also, just by the way, that sounds like, it sounds like a really interesting movie idea to just, like, have how Looking Glass was founded and, like, go through all the stuff that they showed us in the recap except it wasn't really a recap of the first movie it was a recap of what happened between the first and the second movie i think that would have been like a much better movie than this yeah Mm. it made sense and it wasn't confusing because alice is like oh she started looking glass because people from the avenge grim multiverse were like coming into her version of the universe and her job is to be like no get out of here fuck off (laughs) yeah it made me wonder was, like, the the first movie take place in, like, the Alice in Wonderland version of the universe? Hold on a second. That's right, because she was talking about, like, all the different, like, the Peter Pan universe, all the other fairy tale universes. <laughs> I don't know. It could be. It was pretty trippy. I'll say that. So she, Alice, and the Mad Hatter are, like, tech geniuses or something, and they find out that Princess Magdalena of Atlantis has invaded kind of their world. Who I assume, at first I thought she was supposed to be like an Ariel type, but then they're like, oh, she's from Atlantis. Also, her name is Magdalena. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if she's supposed to be kind of like an evil Kita from the Disney movie Atlantis, 
I was looking it up because I was like, oh, you know, in the first movie they introduced Iron John, who nobody has ever heard of, but <laughs> he is a character in the Grimm fairy tales. So I was like, okay, let's see if Magdalena is. So a couple seconds ago, I looked up Magdalena the Mermaid, which was a suggestion that uh, came up on Google for me. And let me read to you the first sentence of Magdalena's entry in the mermaid.fandom.com Wikipedia page. (laughs) It says, Magdalena the Mermaid is a mermaid who appeared in the Wiggles 2002 video (laughs) Wiggle Bay. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) She's not from, you know, the grim lore, but she is from the Wiggles lore. Which is even better. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, so which much is better. Arguably more important to pop culture. <laughs> yes. Also, I thought her name was Magda. I don't remember them ever calling her Magdalena. They called her that like once at the beginning, and then I think they just like shortened it by taking okay. off one syllable at the end for the rest <laughs> of the movie. Because I never remember them calling her that. I thought her name was Magda the whole time. <laughs> The wiggles.wiki doesn't lie, so (laughs) I'm just wrong. I was like, why did they introduce Iron John in the first movie when they are literally just pulling characters not even from the grim stories in the second movie? Like, Alice in Wonderland, Mad Hatter, they aren't from the grim stories. Um, Magdalena, the mermaid from the Wiggles, uh, is also not from the grim (laughs) stories. They went super hard on the whole Grimm characters thing in the first movie, and then they kind of forgot about that in this movie. Yeah, but they could have even either made her Kita, or they could have made her Ariel, and then she would have been a character, but she's not. So she, like, teleports to our world using a portal, drink, um, <laughs> to hunt down Prince Charming, because she wants to marry him, because... Whoever he marries will, like, rule the land. <laughs> so she wants to be that person. Um, And she has, like, this whole ocean army that she is using to track him down. And Alice and the Mad Hatter find that out. So they're like, oh, that sucks. We gotta stop this. Also, for some reason, Alice just has Snow White, like, in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> Did they mention why? <laughs> At the end of the last movie... Snow White. Oh, yeah. Remember she stabbed herself with an icicle that she herself made? (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. We'll just skip over that part and go to the part where she kind of froze over in, in, like, like Aang or Captain America, let's say. (laughs) Gotcha. Probably Captain America. Until they need her. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Also, if you'll remember, at the end of the last movie, Rumpelstiltskin died. Well, he's back, but he's a different guy completely in this one, for some reason. That should be, like, another shot. Every time Rumpelstiltskin says he's not the same guy, he says that <laughs> so much in this movie. Yeah, which I'm, like, super confused about, because, like, when, later in the movie, they track down Rumpelstiltskin, they're like, oh my god, Rumpelstiltskin, and he's, like, a different one or something. And I'm like, what does that mean? Are there multiple Rumpelstiltskins? Is he a Rumpelstiltskin from a parallel universe? Because it's like, it's a different actor and a completely different character. Like, he has different mannerisms and characteristics and goals. Yeah, his personality is, like, completely different. The old one was, like, you know, a sleazy businessman who's, like, just really charming. 
And this one was just, like, Loki, basically just, like, some sort of goofy trickster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he said at some point that there are a lot of Rumpelstiltskins. The thing is, the things that they should have gone into detail with, like, they didn't at all. (laughs) So I have no idea how many uh, Rumpelstiltskins are out there, but he is apparently one of a lot. So what they mentioned before about the multiple parallel universes or whatever, he's from one of those? I think so. But again, we don't really know anything. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Another thing that, like, happens, which made me love Alice as soon as we met her, is, like, when Magna brings back her army, she's like, I must get Prince Charming to love me or whatever. And when that was happening, I'm like, why is everyone's motivation? You won't marry me, so I'm just going to destroy everything. And as soon as, like, that happened, Alice was like, why is everyone so obsessed with destroying things for love? And I'm like, I love (laughs) Alice. and I love her because she's basically me. Shut up. (laughs) Go home. I don't want you here. That's her whole view of everybody in this movie. And I'm like, I feel the exact same way. True. Nice. <laughs> also, I was, I was thinking, like, why does she want Prince Charming so bad? Uh, aren't there, like, four different Prince Charmings in the fairy tale? You, like, every princess has their own Prince Charming, right? Like, why does she want this one so bad? That's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, wait, <laughs> Snow White's Prince? I, like, just found this out. Because you know how in, like, the original Disney movie Snow White... He's just kind of called the prince. Like, I don't think they ever mentioned his actual name in it. Because mm-hmm. I looked it up and I was like, yo, did he, like, have a name? And apparently it's Ferdinand. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Which I've never heard before. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, she could go find Prince Ferdinand. She could go find Prince Philip. Prince Eric. Oh, Yeah. I mean, that would be more likely since he's, like, super into mermaids. He's, like, a a, a mermaid furry. Kind of. <laughs> Isn't that, like, yeah. a scaly? A scaly, yes! Is that what they're called? Well, hold on, because you told me a scaly is for, like, reptiles. Oh, yeah, that's because I know somebody who, like, identifies as a scaly. And I'm and like, we don't have bizarre. to go into that, but... <laughs> would... <laughs> Let's not, actually. Yeah, that's probably but better if... for us and the audience and, you know, everyone. Um, would mermaids be considered scale like, mermaid lovers shall we say, be considered scalies? Because mermaids do have scales, but they're also not reptiles, I don't think. They have human. Yeah, they have human. So it's only like... Also, did we talk about this in the Aquamarine episode? We did. I was just listening to that one. (laughs) Ah, I see. Did we come up with a name? Mermies? Is that what we said? Mermies, I think. (laughs) Sounds like Furbies. (laughs) That's what we said. (laughs) So we got another Mermy movie. Add this to our list of Mermy movies. <laughs> you gotta have, like, a playlist for them all in them. Yeah, yeah I'll, ma- I'll make a letterbox list right now of all our Mermy movies. <laughs> also, I can't remember if I said my friend was a scaly. It's a lie. I'm not their friend. I don't like them. <laughs> well, we'll leave that at the door and we'll just continue on <laughs> with the movie. <laughs> yeah, so, so Alice and the Mad Hatter have Snow White and Carbonite, and they unfreeze her so that they can track down Prince Charming because Prince Charming used to either be engaged to or just kind of date seriously Snow White 
who, if you remember from the first movie, kept being like, Rumpelstiltskin, you killed my husband or my fiance, you killed him. But in, in this movie, he's alive. So I don't know if he was actually that husband and alive the whole time, or if he is from a different dimension and he's a different one. Um, but either way, he's back. Yeah, that also confused me, because, like, in the first movie, she was upset that her husband died. And then she, like, died and was frozen. But then in this movie, she's like, he's my fiancé, but, like, it's awkward, so we're not really together. It's, it's like, she literally says, it's complicated. How'd you get a new boy while you were frozen? Like, how are you that good? Like, what? (laughs) Unless this is, like, a fling from before she married whoever her husband was in the first movie. Or there was, like, a year or a couple months when she came through the portal in the first movie before the rest of the princesses caught up to her. So maybe she, like, got engaged then? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Girl, you gotta clear up this, uh, time lore. (laughs) So, it turns out that there's a whole bunch of fragments of the magic mirror from the first movie, which acts as a portal, as a reminder, and those fragments act as portals to, like, different fairy tale worlds, so, like, there's one for Wonderland, and there's one for Neverland, Atlantis, there's, sure, there's one for, like, Agrabah or whatever. What's that? Aladdin. Oh! Which, <laughs> oh my god, I was watching, like, this whole conspiracy video about, like, that Aladdin, like, takes place in the future, like, the distant dystopian future or something, because the genie transforms into all these old references, like, uh, he transforms into, like, a Volkswagen bug, and he <laughs> transforms into, like, Mrs. Doubtfire and stuff, but, like, they're all old references that, A, would not have kind of been around for medieval times, but also they're kind of older by now's standards. So I saw this, like, conspiracy video that the world ended, (laughs) and the Aladdin movie is, like, them starting from scratch again, and that's why everything is all old-timey and kind of medieval but there's also still modern references. It's because those are from, like, a thousand years ago, and it takes place in the dystopian future. <laughs> kind of bought into it, not gonna lie. Damn, I've been on, like, a kick on, on this, like, Disney conspiracy kick. I sent Ashley a video <laughs> last night about the Emperor's New Groove, about how, like, did Yzma kill Cusco's parents for the throne? And it was, like, very believable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got it. Me too, girl. Yo, okay, whenever they have, like, all, like, Once Upon a Time, they were struggling <laughs> near, like, their sixth and seventh season to, like, find new fairy tale creatures or characters to add in. They were, like, digging real deep because they're, like, ooh, we've, like, exhausted all the fairy tales. Cusco, man, come on. No, you know, everyone always forgets about Cusco. Everyone forgets about Cusco, and they also forget about the road to El Dorado. Like, come on. Which was Classic. not a movie, but was. Still a classic animated movie. Just like Anastasia, I always thought that that was Disney, but it's not. Still, okay, it was terrifying as a kid. (laughs) There's this one scene where, like, the bad guy, like, reaches down into his own stomach. And you, like, see inside his stomach and it's all, like, gross bones. (laughs) It was weird, man. But it was a great movie. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, like he pops his head off, right? (laughs) And his head goes down into his own stomach. 
Oh, naturally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an animated trope that they do in a whole bunch of kids' movies. Although I guess, like, it wasn't Disney, so they could do what they wanted. I guess so. <laughs> okay, my one of my favorite Disney movies growing up was Treasure Planet. Everyone forgets about Treasure Planet, but it was so good. Treasure Planet was with our boy... What did we call him? Oh, oh, Jigorlay! Jigorlay! <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for those that have not been listening to our podcast for a while. <laughs> that's a, that's a, wow, a throwback to, uh, one of our early episodes. <laughs> that was a, like, that was a great movie, but I think that, those three, I think Atlantis, Treasure Planet, and The Emperor's New Groove are, like, the most underrated Disney movies. No one ever talks about them. We need to start talking about them more. We need to have our own Avengers Grimm, but just with characters from those three. Yeah. (laughs) All the underrated Disney characters. Avengers underrated. And then, if we make, like, adult jokes, Avengers underrated unrated. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. This is all coming together now. (laughs) TMTM! TMTM! Oh, we're gonna get on this right away. (laughs) Too bad that those characters weren't in this movie, though, because it was, like, the most rated characters, I guess you'd call it. Except, if you remember in the first movie, Cinderella- it was- okay, the main characters were Snow White, Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, and Rapunzel, and Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, they took a- they, like, fired Rapunzel and Cinderella, I guess, because they weren't in this movie. Yeah, and- okay- so for Snow White, she's the same actress as the first movie. Sleeping Beauty, same actress. I couldn't tell, though, if Red was a different actress. And then I tried to look on IMDb, because in the cast list, it says Red in this movie is Elizabeth Eileen. But in the last movie, it was Elizabeth Peterson. So I don't know if she... And then also, it's really weird, because for Elizabeth Eileen, the only movie listed under her credits is this movie. So I don't know if Elizabeth Peterson got married and changed her name or, like, changed her stage name. I'm not sure. It could have been her, but also, I have no idea, even though I only watched them a week apart. I mean, they look the same to me, but I don't know if I would trust me because I am face blind. (laughs) (laughs) So back in the movie, Snow White, who's now uncarbonated, tracks down the remaining two princesses that weren't fired from this movie or whatever, which is Sleeping Beauty and Red Riding Hood. So they now all team up to find Prince Charming. But during this whole, like, showdown that Prince Charming has with Rumpelstiltskin and Magdalena, um, when he's, like, trying to escape them, Rumpelstiltskin steals one of his hairs so he can, like transform into prince charming now very harry potter very (laughs) harry potter (laughs) so he like polyjuices himself into prince charming and tricks the princesses into letting him into looking glass headquarters which is where they are with alice and the mad hatter and he is planning to use their big super computer thing to send the real prince charming away But something goes wrong and all the portals end up opening up and all the princesses get sucked in instead. So they all get sent away to the different lands. I was kind of confused about this part because when they get sucked in, 
they go back to fairy tale land, but I guess they go back to a fairy tale uh, dimension where Magda is the ruler or something because all of her merman henchmen are just randomly all over the place. Also, the castle in that land has like a trident as the banner, as the flag, so pretty much assuming she's the the ruler here. And then also, like, Alice doesn't know who Prince Charming is, but like, when he is like in the form, or Rumpelstiltskin is in the form of Prince Charming, he just starts like touching all of their computers, and they're just watching him do it, and I'm like, why are you letting some strange man touch all your valuable equipment? And then they're shocked when something bad happens. Like, what did you think was gonna happen? And also, how did Snow White, like, if she was engaged to this man before, how did she not know it was someone else? Yeah, I don't know. There was, there's just so much that's terrible in this. Like, all the fight scenes are set up, like, Assassin's Creed style. (laughs) It's like, one dude is surrounded by four men, but they just stand and look at you, and then, like, one of them, like, slightly moves towards you, and then you attack them. And then they, like, slightly move away. And I'm just like, someone's been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed. And then they thought, brilliant idea for movie fight scenes. Oh my god, that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, the mermen, like, henchmen in this movie weren't that intimidating, (laughs) to be honest. They just wore masks. Yeah, they just wore, like, mermaid-ish kind of outfits. No tails uh, and masks, (laughs) and that's it. So, yeah, meanwhile, Magdalena is trying to get Charming to willingly propose to her, this is back in the real world, um, so that she can rule his kingdom. But he is still in love with Snow White. So Magdalena decides to lock up Prince Charming in, like, her dungeon or whatever. Her boiler room. Her boiler room. And she sends in Rumpelstiltskin as, like, an undercover agent to get information out of him. So Rumpelstiltskin goes in chained up himself, and it's like, oh my gosh, I got captured. Tell me your life story. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> and she keeps pulling him out, like, just as Prince Charming's about to say something important. I'm like, stop doing that. You're gonna blow his cover, man. Yeah, and then he has to, like, get beat up so it doesn't seem suspicious, although I think she just, like, wanted to beat him up anyway. <laughs> also, they, like, all went back in time at the same time, but, like, they all ended up in different places. Yeah. yeah in the same you realm. Know, yeah. Yeah, so, like, Sleeping Beauty was in this glass box that she just woke up in, and then Snow White was in the middle of the woods, and Red was also in the middle of the woods, and just randomly, like, for no reason at all, uh, Snow White finds out that the seven dwarves are dead. <laughs> had nothing to do with the plot whatsoever (laughs) but it's just weird because like she finds this guy and she's like so mad and like the seven dwarves their like graves are just their weapons on the ground (laughs) yes so she's like fighting this guy using like the different weapons but she's just like well i guess i got five out of seven of them and i'm like what does that mean only five (laughs) of them died You only used five of their weapons? Hello? Yeah, I was confused by that too. Especially because, like, she finds out that the dwarves are dead, right? And then she meets up with uh, Red, Riding Hood, and Sleeping Beauty again. They all, like, find their way to each other. And then 
Snow White is explaining, she's like, oh, we must have not just been sent back to our realm, but back in time as well. Which, first of all, I don't know how she puts that together. But also, <laughs> okay, here's my here's my thing. You can correct me, but she saw the graves of the dwarves, who she thought were alive. <laughs> so clearly when she was in her realm, the dwarves were alive. And then she sees their graves. She's like, oh, shit, they're dead. And then she's like, we must have been thrown back in time, but that would mean they'd be alive. So wouldn't you be have like thrown into the future if they'd be dead? Wait, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I have no idea what was going on. This is like end game, except somehow less confusing, but also like super confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know what the point of sending them quote unquote back in time was. I'll mention this later, but for a movie called, like, literally called Time Wars, I expected more time travel. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like time travel wasn't really necessary in this. It was, like, the dimension travel (laughs) that they were, that was important. I also expected more dimension traveling, because Alice, when she shows all the different portals to the different worlds, Narnia Book One style, I expect, because she's like, oh, this is uh, Atlantis, this is Neverland. I expected them all to be thrown into different realms, and one of them would have to navigate the Queen's of Hearts place in Wonderland, and one of them would have to navigate, I don't know, (laughs) the crocodile caves in Neverland. But they're all just thrown back into the same generic forest land that we saw in the first movie. So I expect, like, if you introduce, oh, there's all these cool magical lands, You can't just dangle that in front of us and (laughs) not go to any of those lands. It's like the dragons and the vampires. Like, they're just giving us a little tease, but they're not going through with it. We don't like no tease here. (laughs) No, I I think that would have been good where each of them goes to their own realm and maybe they find each other, but the version of each other from that realm to help them out to get them back together. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, but they didn't do that. But you know what? Maybe third movie? (laughs) Who knows? I think for this time, when they time traveled, they went to the future where Magda and Prince were already married. All of the scenes took place in a different time, but they did a really bad job explaining that. Alice's storyline currently takes place in, like, current time, her portal. Then the prince, Magna, and Rumpelstiltskin took place current time in the, like, fairy tale world. And then at this point, the princesses are in fairy tale world, but in the future. So that's like, oh shit, if we don't do anything, then, like, Prince and Magna are gonna get married. So then they time travel again. Yeah, so basically from the quote-unquote past in the generic fairy tale world they find a portal back to the quote-unquote real world but it's too far it's in the future everything's destroyed magda won and everyone is like super old now but i don't think they did a good enough job distinguishing what's the future and what's the present (laughs) like there wasn't enough old person makeup on maybe that they would have scenes of the future and scenes of the present kind of one after another, but it wasn't clear enough which one was which. So, like, they'd have scenes of old prince and then scenes of present prince, and I was like, but he was just there. Why is he locked up now? It was kind of confusing. 
Yeah, yeah. and this, <laughs> the scenes of old Prince, like, for the first five minutes of them going into the future where Magda is, like, the ruler, Prince has his fucking hood up on his sweater to hide his old-ass wrinkly face, but they don't, like... <laughs> make him take his hood off until like five minutes into the scene and i'm like okay i thought you were like the normal one so why are you like all wrinkly and your makeup is bad now like what's (laughs) going on i was just gonna say before we get too too far it was like weird when rapunzel was stuck in the box because she was like hitting the thing but she wasn't actually hitting it and i was so confused because like she's in this glass box that like you can see through and there are two guards standing right beside her. How the hell did they not ta- notice her take out a knife and start stabbing the glass? Like, how did yeah. they not notice that? Honestly, I have no idea. Are they, like, robot mermaids, maybe? <laughs> or maybe they're, like... Do you remember in the first movie when Stiltskin from the first movie had that uh, secretary who was kind of like a robot, and then we found out later that she was just under his spell or whatever. Oh, yeah. Are they under Magda's spell, so they just, like, do literally what she asked them and not, like, they don't think about anything else? You know what? They did actually mention that later, that Magna Magda can put spells on people, because that's what she does in the future to future Rumpelstiltskin, is she, like, puts a spell on him to control him. Although he still had more or less free will, though. Like, he didn't seem robot-like. He just seemed kind of crazy. Yeah, he was just, like, her bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay, wait. Just on the topic of putting spells on people. So in the first movie, Rumpelstiltskin could put a spell on someone to, like, bend them to his will, I guess. So why, if he, in this movie, wanted atlantis so bad why couldn't he put a spell on magda to give it to him i don't know i guess because i keep saying like he's a different rumpelstiltskin maybe this dimension him has like different maybe he doesn't have powers but they don't explicitly say that he's able to turn into other people for a short period of time as long as he has like a piece of their hair ah true Mm. and another thing when like the prince is like kidnapped Rumblestillskin does this, like, big brain five-head play <laughs> where, like, he manipulates both Magda and the prince at the same time. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, how the hell does prince not realize his own kidnapper? Rumblestillskin kidnapped him, but he's like, oh, Rumblestillskin, you are such a great friend. I'm like, do you not recognize this man? Yeah! Like, he's like, oh, do I know you from somewhere? And Rumble's like, nah, man. <laughs> Like, no, my name's Jerry, like, I just got here, whatever. (laughs) It's just so weird. I'm like, how does this man, like, not know? Yeah. And and it's great, because, like, the prince is talking about, like, his life story. Like, he's saying this to this man he just met. And, like, Rumpelstiltskin's like, oh, wow, like, that, that sucks. Like, he's just pretending (laughs) he cares, or, like, that he's listening to what he's saying. And I'm like, why is Rumpelstiltskin me watching this movie? Like, (laughs) oh, wow. So all the princesses are stuck in the future, pretty much. And they're like, oh, damn, like, if we don't get Magda, then this is what's going to happen to us. So they now have to get back to the present to stop the future from happening. And they can't figure out how to do that. So Alice from the present, like, (laughs) the Mad Hatter gives her some some drugs or something (laughs) to, like, travel to the future where the princesses are to help them get back. I thought she, like, went to 
a different future. She, like, I don't know, fucking drank some tea and her spirit left her body or something. <laughs> no, that was a different part of the movie. That was Wait. near the end that happened. We're pretty close to the end. Are we thinking about two different areas? Wait, of the I thought- movie? I have no idea. Are we talking about when the Mad Hatter gave her, he's like, oh, it's time for tea. And she's like, okay. And then her fucking spirit left her body and she went into her old body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were talking about when, like, early in the movie, because the Hatter gave her a pill that makes her shrink. And then she went to the, she went to where the prince was, or she went to the current Grimland, and she was, like, there talking to, like, Rumpelstiltskin. Okay, right, okay. That did happen. Okay, we just jumped ahead a lot and I was really confused for a second. My bad, I forgot about that. Yeah, she literally, like, turned into Ant-Man and got super small. Yeah, and then I don't know how she ended up getting to that time frame. It got really confusing because they're like, you have to use the glass to travel between realms. But then they just stopped doing that. It was so weird because... The princesses, when they were in the future, had to get back to the current time. And they're just like, how do we do that? And then Snow White's like, oh, we do that by killing a merman. And then we'll be, like, sucked into our realm. And I'm like, what? Yeah, just, like, halfway through the movie, they're changing all of the logic of the time travel and all of that stuff. I have really no idea. (laughs) It just gets really confusing. Either way. Because <laughs> it is very confusing. Alice manages to bring the princesses back into the present, where Charming is about to marry Magdalena because she's threatening to kill, quote-unquote, Snow White. She has, like, Snow White, like, with a sword to her throat, and she's like, if you don't marry me, I'm gonna kill her. And Charming's like, no, please. But uh, we find out when the princesses bust through the door from the future that who she has, you know, all tied up is actually Rumpelstiltskin, who used his powers to make himself look like Snow White. And we have this moment where it's like, which one is the real Snow White? (laughs) (laughs) And the prince has to, like, choose and he gets the right one in the end. This is predicting Endgame, like, so much. First of all, with the time travel. Second of all, with the clone fights everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Girl, you heard it here first. This movie did all of that before Endgame. (laughs) Yeah, so Endgame was ripping off this movie. (laughs) Exposed. Oh, my God. We know all about your dirty little secret, Marvel Studios. Can't hide from us. (laughs) We know you go to asylum when you need (laughs) movie ideas. Oh, my God. So, Charming manages to find the real Snow White. And he asks her to, like, marry him right in the middle of all of them fighting and battling. And there's this kind of ridiculous moment. It's my favorite. I love this part. It's so good. Basically, Prince Charming is about to put a ring on Snow White's finger because he's like, will you marry me? While everyone's, like, fighting and dying around them. (laughs) Yes! And then Magdalena is like, not on my watch. So she, like, blasts them apart. But then they're like, no, we will be one. So they like, (laughs) so good. They slide (laughs) to each other on their stomachs from across the room like penguins. (laughs) He's 
holding out the ring with his hand. She's holding out her ring finger with her hand. And they, like, slide it together. And the ring slides on perfectly. It's so terrible. (laughs) So great. (laughs) I will say that no matter how bad the rest of the beginning and the middle of these movies are, the end is always a chef kiss so delicious. Like in the first one, we got Snow White literally stabbing an icicle through her own stomach. <laughs> and, and, and in this one, we got um, the, the engagement of the century sliding across that floor. <laughs> <laughs> so they, the good, the good guys win with the help of, uh, we mentioned a little bit before, Alice is like Ant-Man now. <laughs> so she comes, she like turns super small and like fights people with her small fists and then she goes like super big and she's like giant Alice and she stomps on people. <laughs> 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 it was great. The airport scene from uh, Civil War could never. <laughs> Honestly, the airport scene was kind of stupid because it's <laughs> 10 people in an empty airport. <laughs> It doesn't look very, like, super impressive. But this one, at least they had, like, a crowded room of people fighting. Um, So that was a little better. <laughs> yeah, it looked more filled out. <laughs> but even though they won, the good guys, like, let Magdalena go. <laughs> They're like, don't come back. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so she takes Rumpelstiltskin prisoner and, like, returns to Atlantis. But she returns to Atlantis from our world? Not from... The, she doesn't portal in anywhere like she did at the beginning. So is there an Atlantis in our world? I have no clue. I don't know. I was too busy focusing on the fact that Rumpelstiltskin, like, can't swim. So why did he want Atlantis? You know? <laughs> oh God, like, his whole true. his whole thing in the movie, his whole motivation is that I want to get Atlantis. So I'm going to dress up like Snow White and I'm going to marry the prince and I'm going to whatever and so i can get so i can rule the land and atlantis whatever some bullshit and then at the end he's like no don't toss me in the water i can't swim (laughs) oh my god then why do you want atlantis excellent point i do not have an answer for you sadly (laughs) so in the end uh charming and snow white get married and that is uh the end of the movie (laughs) Also, they all um, work for Looking Glass now. They're all, like, officially recruited. But at the beginning of the first movie, their whole thing was they want to, like, fix what's happening in our world and then go back to their world to fix all the, you know, their whole kingdom was on fire and whatnot. (laughs) Um, But they just decide that that's not important anymore and they want to stay here even though they have all these mirrors at their disposal. It was weird because, like, they got married. And Alice is like, congratulations, now get the fuck out and go home. That's literally what she says. <laughs> and then, like, a minute later, she's like, you know, I really want you to leave and get out of here. But now that, like, you rule all the universes, like, I guess you can stay. I'm <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah, very, very confusing. Also, their actual place that they came from, the, like, magical fairy tale forest, Snow ruled that in the first movie, and then she got magically teleported here, and she's like, oh no, but my kingdom, and that was her whole motivation in the first movie, is I gotta get back to my world so I can save my kingdom, and then she dies, and she stays here for the whole duration of this movie. Her kingdom 
is still without her husband died in the first movie. She died in the first movie. Her <laughs> kingdom is still like a mess, right? Yeah. Unless she has kids, and, and then there it's like Descendants. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, is Descendants linked to this movie? There must be some connection. There's but what's part of the multiverse? Uma has got to be a descendant What do you of... mean, what's her name? There's like a whole song dedicated <laughs> to her name. And literally the what song's name? called What's My Name. Uma. <laughs> <laughs> this song is literally what's my name <laughs> I guess she didn't do a very good job of telling you her name if you can't remember after that amazing song <laughs> oh god yeah I guess not good enough man we're gonna yeah. have to have what's my name part 2 what's my name reprise <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where she really drills it in like what's my it's Uma okay just say it with me it's Uma <laughs> we're gonna spell it out for you kids <laughs> U-M-A. Did I say U-M-A? <laughs> You're taking a, too much Italian class. <laughs> I literally lost some brain cells watching this movie. So now we've seen the first movie, we've seen this movie. Which one do we like better overall? This one. Yeah, I felt like the first one was kind of boring. And this one was at least, like, I didn't mind watching it. It was kind of fun. Yeah, it did you know, raise a lot more questions than it answered. But honestly, less confusing than the first one. But also more confusing. In in one timeline, it's more confusing than the first one. But in our timeline, it's somehow less confusing. <laughs> yeah, like it's like the first half of the movie made sense, and you're like, ah, yes, I understand everything. But like, halfway through the movie, they just stopped giving a shit, and they're like, yeah, fuck this. And I'm Anything just like, what's goes, yeah. now? <laughs> Also, just in case we somehow didn't do a good job of explaining what happened in this movie, I pulled the Wikipedia plot summary just as a recap for our audience because I am also probably just as confused as they are right now, or maybe even more. It's like four sentences, I'm just going to read it over, so we all are on the same page as to what really happened in this movie, I guess. <laughs> good idea. <laughs> So the Wikipedia plot summary says, Years have passed since the first film, with the shattering of the magic mirror portal spreading shards of the mirror across the world. To combat threats from the fairy tale realm, an organization called Looking Glass was founded, led by Alice, whose sanity is maintained by medicine Hatter makes for her. Uh, the princesses and Red work to locate the fragments to rebuild the portal to go home. Interesting choice, because... They don't go home. Uh, they don't do that. <laughs> however, the power-crazed ruler of Atlantis, Magda the Mad, is threatening the world in her hunt for Prince Charming, who survived Rumpelstiltskin's attempt on his life to force him to marry her so she can get his ring, which will literally allow her to rule all the land. A different Rumpelstiltskin allies with Magda in exchange for Atlantis. Snow White is revived to combat the threat. Those, like, five or six sentences explain this movie so much better than us or the Asylum ever could. <laughs> Do you think Rumpelstiltskin is, like, a John in there? Like, it's a super common name? Oh, maybe. Like, yeah, his name is Rumpelstiltskin, but so are, like, 4,000 other people. I mean, that's not any crazier than what happened in the rest of the movie. <laughs> this is true. I just have, like, one... 
point that um, basically when around the middle of the movie, when Charming was locked up in the boiler room with Rumpelstiltskin and he was like explaining his whole backstory, because <laughs> Charming is he's a protagonist, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He's like a good guy. But then when he's explaining his backstory, he kind of comes off as a prick. <laughs> was that just me? <laughs> what, like, what does he say? I don't, literally don't remember. I was trying to follow the plot. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, okay, so I was engaged to Snow White. And on my wedding day, I heard a siren song, which was Magdalena. And I uh, went off to go follow it. Not because it was a magical song that uh, brainwashed me or whatever, but because I just wanted an adventure that day. And yeah, like, his surely, wedding day? Yeah, he was like, surely I'd be back for cake. Uh, <laughs> what? That's a, a, kind of a dick move, gonna be honest. <laughs> was that his wedding with Snow White? Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's why there was that awkwardness, I, I guess. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, dead left her because Magdalena, like, kidnapped him after that. But, like, it's your own fault. But also, that doesn't make sense with what happened in the first movie because they were already married and also she was super worried about him and stuff. Yeah, also, Rumpelstiltskin, like, killed him? I don't know. The timelines in this movie are questionable. (laughs) Also, I just wanted to note that we kind of ripped to shreds the acting in our last Avengers Grimm episode <laughs> because honestly, it felt like they didn't care, they didn't want to be there. That was all true. I feel like the acting was like a tiny bit better in this one. What do you guys think? I gotta yeah. toast the acting, yeah. Yeah, the acting was good. Even characters like Red and Snow White who returned they kind of upped their acting game a little more since the first movie. Like, they actually, like, they're like, okay, I guess we're invested in this world. We should probably, like, <laughs> act like it. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin was pretty good. He had, like, the classic villain sleaziness, a little bit flamboyant. It was good. It worked, I think. I, yeah, I liked him. The only person I think, I, I not that I didn't like their acting. Their acting was good. But their accent... Alice had, yeah. like, the worst fake British accent. <laughs> and so she talked, like, everything she said was in really bad cliches. Yeah. She didn't say anything normally. Everything was just a cliche, and it was terrible. <laughs> that is true. The one person I felt like could have really leaned into the role a little more was Mad Hatter, because he didn't really seem like Mad Hatter to me. He was just, like, office dude who happened to wear a top hat. Or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and it wasn't even, like, I don't know, bad acting. He just seemed super bored. The whole, like, he's supposed to be, like, crazy, right? But he just seems, like, not even just, like, a regular dude. He seemed like he was bored to be there. (laughs) Yeah, he got the memo, like, a little too late. That's how they were acting in the first movie. But we're over that now. (laughs) We have real (laughs) acting in this movie. Yeah, do you guys have any final thoughts, observations? No, I think that's all I have. For this movie. Yeah. Do you guys think that the series overall was like cohesive, coherent? No. <laughs> yeah. 
I think there were a lot of plot holes, and I think there were a lot of things they introduced in the movie that they didn't really continue with, or they didn't really flesh out. So yeah, a lot of holes. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? We have to toast that, because that's a true Avengers film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. That, like... (laughs) So first, the first Avengers Grimm movie was, like, basically... I know they, you know... Uh, put it out at the same time as Age of Ultron, but really it was like kind of a parody of the first Avengers movie. This one, even though it came out like two years early, was like a parody of, or a year earlier, was a parody of Endgame more so than Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, and they showed it because just like Endgame, a lot of plot holes. We gotta toast yeah, yeah, them yeah. for that, predicting the future <laughs> once again. <laughs> I mean, they did go to the future in this movie, so who knows? <laughs> maybe the future they went to, like, yeah, it may have sucked, and uh, maybe the world was destroyed, but maybe they saw <laughs> Avengers Endgame in the theater quickly before they went back to the present. <laughs> yeah, like three oh days God. before they made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think that there was anything they could have, like, improved on plot-wise? Anything you would have wanted to see? In this movie, after seeing, like, the first movie? Absolutely. I think the different realms, I mean, they, I've said it before, but, like, they brought up the fact that there's a whole bunch of different alternate dimensions, and there's a whole bunch of, not just alternate dimensions, but, like, I would have liked to have actually seen Atlantis. And I know their CGI budget was probably not great, (laughs) (laughs) so it makes sense that the quote-unquote realm they traveled to was basically just a forest that could have been filmed anywhere. But I would have liked, if you're going to introduce it, I would have liked to have seen it. Yeah, I, I also felt like the everything Julia was saying at the beginning, like the vampires, the dragons. Yeah. Like, that's interesting stuff. It would have been so cool to see, like, dragons or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, Amy, what you were saying at the beginning, more about the Looking Glass company? That would be cool. Yeah, they kind of just, like, brushed over... Like, oh, yeah, oh, we founded this company. Anyways, we're going to move on to the actual story. But, like, that was, that could have been the story. Yeah. Plus, in the, what was it, Wikipedia summary or something, they said that, oh, they were going to track down all these mirror fragments to different realms uh, to put them all together and to bring people back to their actual realms. That would be a cool story that I would follow, but that's not what they did here. Yeah, like kind of like in Infinity War, where they're trying to collect all the gems, but like the yeah. different mirror fragments. Yeah, um, exactly. But they didn't really do that. They're just like, oh yeah, we oh we got them all. Don't worry about it. And then they <laughs> kind of moved on. I don't know. I'm if there's you know Avengers Grimm three, maybe a a prequel kind of like I don't know what what's it called when you have two movies and there's a third movie that fits in the middle of those two movies. <laughs> a sequel to the first movie and a prequel to the second movie. Is, you guys ever seen um, Lion King 1.5? Oh, of no. course. <laughs> that is my favorite Lion King. <laughs> it's so good. I don't know what they call that. Like a pre-sequel? Like Borderlands? <laughs> oh pre-sequel. my god. Yeah, I want to see a pre-sequel in the, in the third one with Alice trying to track down all these fragments with possibly a more enthusiastic hatter. <laughs> yeah. Also... What we mentioned before about a more variety of characters would be nice. Add in a, a little sprinkling of Cusco, a little uh, <laughs> pinch of Milo. <laughs> Could be interesting. Maybe even some Tulio and Miguel. Oh, please. 
So now that uh, you know all of our thoughts on the movie, let's get into what the audience thought of the movie. So just as a reference, IMDb gave it 2.4 out of 10, which compared to the first one, it's a little lower. The first one got 2.7 out of 10. This one had no audience or critic rating on Rotten Tomato. So that's interesting compared to the first one who got an audience score of 16%. We also have some Letterboxd and IMDb reviews. Which ones do you want to go over first? Let's go for Letterboxd. Okay, so we have five Letterboxd reviews. The first one is by Ahmed Abdel Fattah. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And they said, oh, they gave it uh, half a star out of five. And they said, a porn parody without porn? That sucks. Oh, God. Wait, what? <laughs> a lot of a lot of the letterbox reviews uh, for the first movie was they were talking about how this is like a poorly or the first movie was a poorly acted porn parody without wow. porn. Um, I guess that continued into this movie. <laughs> the second review is by Jarvitron, who gave it three out of five stars, and they say. I wouldn't necessarily have made an Avengers knockoff featuring public domain characters, but that's why I don't have an IMDb page, and these folks do. (laughs) The third review is by Cameron Bertram. I think we also had one of his reviews uh, for our first movie, and Cameron gave it one star out of five. Call me crazy, but this toned-down sexually, far cheaper, much lazier sequel is actually more fun than the original. (laughs) True. The fourth review is by Suze, who gave it half a star. It's too hot to sleep. Let's watch crap. This is an (laughs) Asylum Studio film, so that should tell you all you need to know. No, wait. It's an Asylum Studio film sequel without the fading celebrity of Casper Von Dien, who played Rumpelstiltskin in the first movie, or Lou Ferrigno to drag you through. The original is pretty awful, but this is a new low. The hand acting is in full force, the effects are free trial app standard, and it doesn't have the plot, sex, or gore that makes some of these low budgets fun. This is pretty terrible stuff. Enjoy! (laughs) (laughs) And our last review is a little longer. It's by Curtis, who gave it two stars, and they say... In their never-ending quest to confuse somebody, the Asylum has unleashed their version of Infinity War, bringing back their team of fairy tale heroines from Avengers Grimm for another round. Rumpelstiltskin is back, though no longer played by Casper Van Dien, as a new threat rises from Atlantis. Fuck it, this is still a ridiculous cash grab, but I don't really hate it. It's cheap, the CGI is super wonky, some of the acting is terrible, but there is something about this that is... dot dot dot, dare I say, fun? For something involving time travel, it's generally coherent at a script level, and every time Prince Charming would see Snow White and let out an excited, Snowy! I got a huge cackle. He was going for it, and I approve. They even worked in an Ant-Man analog in there, of which I also approve. Got to keep up with the new characters. Hell yeah. Oh my god. So we got some bad reviews, got some good reviews. What does IMDb say? 
The first review I have here from IMDb is by user SpecialWeirdo101, who gave it a 1 out of 10 stars, and their tagline is, Awesome movie! This is a truly awesome movie. The only thing it misses before I rate it as a 10 is a proper script, (laughs) a casting crew that's not sleeping, a director that knows what directing means, actors that can act. Actually, it's faster to list what's good with this movie. Not that I can think of anything at the moment. After watching the first movie, I was sure this was impossible to make a follow-up that could be worse. But I was wrong. If you liked the first, you should watch this one too. But you should look for a cinema with full satisfaction or get your money back warranty. You'll thank me later. (laughs) Damn. Yikes. Julia, do you want to get the second one? Yeah, sure. So the next one, it actually doesn't say here what the rating was. But it says remarkable. Superhero movies done on a YouTube budget and struggle to watch, but as an unintelligible comedy, it kind of works. My favorite part was when an ordinary collapsible lead camping lamp was carried out by a merman to much fanfare, um, representing some kind of magical power orb or whatever, with the camera leering on it as if it was the best prop they ever seen. (laughs) So that it's also good. Which is true. (laughs) Damn. I completely forgot the whole lamp part of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The last review we have is by user Malasubim, who gave it a 1 out of 10 as well, and their tagline is just wow. (laughs) Oh, this is all in caps, by the way. It's just uh, to set the the mood. (laughs) Worst movie I have seen far. (laughs) (laughs) Just the quality of movie is good. The most worked was the acting. I hadn't seen that type of acting, and even they don't use any effects. I just stooped watching after 15 minutes of watching it. (laughs) So we've heard what uh, the rest of the audience thought about this movie. What do we think about this movie? If you're new to the podcast, we usually rate things on what we dub the Goldblum scale, which is a scale of bad movies, 1 out of 10 being so bad I could barely finish it, 10 out of 10 being not that bad for a bad movie. Julia, you're our guest for today. What would you rate this movie? (laughs) I'd give it a 4. Fair. <laughs> Do you like, remember what you rated the last one? I think I gave it like a three or okay. a three point five. Okay, okay. So you did was, like this one better. Yeah, it was better. Not by much, but it was better. <laughs> Ashley, I hated that I liked this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it like a six point five to seven. <laughs> Damn. Like, nice. I don't know, man. The other one, I, I think I gave the first one, like, a four or something. This movie was really bad, <laughs> and it had a lot of plot holes. But it was really enjoyable to watch, <laughs> at least for me. Amy, what about you? Damn. Mm, I did like this one better than the first one. It had just, you know, overall better acting. It was uh, still very, very confusing. I'm not uh, sure 100% what happened in this movie, but it did somehow make more sense than Endgame, so <laughs> I'm gonna give it, like, a 4.5? Fair. Alright. And if anyone in the audience has seen this movie, or you have movies that you want to recommend to us, you can always find us on Twitter or Letterboxd, both at BMS Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email. Uh, we're badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com.
In the meantime, I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. And I'm Julia. And we'll see you next next week.